Sometimes I like to imagine the world after us, the strange mammals that will emerge, the abundance of biodiverse plant life taking over our fields and factories and so on. I don't think this world will be better. I maintain that we are the most interesting thing to happen on Earth, and there is real beauty and meaning in our curiosity and compassion, even as we also cause and witness so much suffering. But at any rate, there will be a world after us, after each of us. And that's why there's life insurance. It exists to provide a financial safety net to those who love and count on you. Policy Genius's technology makes it easy to compare life insurance quotes from America's top insurers in just a few clicks to find your lowest price. With Policy Genius, you can find life insurance policies that start at just $292 per year for $1 million of coverage. Some options offer same-day approval and avoid unnecessary medical exams. So save time and money and provide your family with a financial safety net using Policy Genius. Head to policygenius.com or click the link in the description to get your free life insurance quotes and see how much you could save. That's policygenius.com. Policy Genius, because there will be a world without us. Dear Hank and John. I prefer to think of it, Dear John and Hank. It's a podcast where I forget to push record on the button, but at least I only did it for about three minutes. Three critical minutes. Y'all missed some gold because Hank failed to hit record. We're going to give you some dubious advice, bring you all the week's news from both Mars and AFC Wimbledon. John, once upon a time, yes. there was a guy sitting next to his wife in church and he said, I just did a silent fart. What should I do? And she said, put some new batteries in your hearing aid. It was so funny the first time, but the second time I found it less funny. So we just recorded part of the podcast and Hank didn't record it. And that's okay. I'm not mad. What do you call a caveman's fart? What I liked about the joke, by the way, is that it was a joke. It was a joke with a punchline and the punchline wasn't just a rhyme of mm-hmm. another word. Right. That's what I liked. So is this joke a joke or is it is it a pun? It's a blast from the past. <sighs> It was really Oh, bad. God, sneezing isn't normal. I never sneeze. <laughs> I think it every single time I sneeze. I think every time about the doctor, doctor, never sneeze no. or Scrooge. Yeah. I, and it's astonishing the power he has over me, this person I've never met and never will meet. What if it wasn't real? Because it does, it seems unreal. It doesn't seem unreal to me. I bet there's a doctor out there who's an allergist. Mm-hmm. Who's, are you checking to see if you're recording? Yeah, are you I'm recording? going, this, I'm going my, now. My vo- Levels so, look good. <laughs> listen, y'all, you need to know two things. The first is that Hank and I are in real life together. And the second is that we are going to try an experimental, one-time-only format for this podcast in which Hank puts away his laptop, which is the hardest thing for him to do in the world. Hold on, I'm going to check. He's on Google. I, uh, I thought I was going to catch you on Twitter or TikTok. I, I, it's certainly not impossible. Let me know when you're done Googling and I will, if you're Googling a dad joke, by the way, I'm going to. No, I'm trying. I, I was thinking I could do that wired interview thing where I ask you questions from John, from Google. If you type in John Green. Oh, I hate that. And it says like, John Green. Is John Green a Christian? Is John Green dead? Is John Green gay? I know all the questions. Related to Hank Green is yes. number two. Well, what's number one? Christian. Yes. Married religious. Yes. Yes. From Crash Course, the author? Yes. Alive? Yes. Still alive? Yes. A Democrat? Yes. The Crash Course guy? 
Yes. I mean, they only ask things they already sort of know that they're trying to confirm. Writing a new book? (sighs) (laughs) Yes. Yes. I mean, hopefully. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. What we're going to do is Hank's going to put away his laptop. Okay. He's going, oh, God, it feels so good to be in the room with Hank when he's not looking at a screen. I just, I wanted to know things about you. <laughs> Which of those things were you surprised to learn? Yeah, Out of the curiosity. Crash Course guy? You didn't know I was the Crash the, Course the guy? The guy who wrote The Fault in Our Stars and the Crash Course guy are the same John Green? Same guy. It's wild. I, it's also weird for me. You know? <laughs> oh, like yeah. I People often... are like, I love your work. And I'm like, I have no idea what that means. I don't even, I have no idea what I'm doing on this planet. I think that might be. That's the, pretty typical. I know, but I think that might be the key to our success so far is that we're the only advice podcasters who know nothing about being alive. Other advice podcasters. Mm-hmm. They think they know something. They're experts. But they're wrong. Well, they may be wrong or right. I don't know because I don't know anything about being alive. Being in the room with you is giving me a lot of respect for Tuna, who has to make us sound the same level of loud, where while I scream the whole time. Yeah, I just talk in a normal human I need voice. To, I need to bring it down, especially in this circumstance where he can't adjust that. We're doing fine. Well, I've been pretty loud. I'm going to try and be a normal man now. You still sound a little performative. Yeah, I'm I can on always... a podcast. Right. That's true. We don't want to sound totally like ourselves. People will get bored. (laughs) What we're going to do today is we're not going to answer any listener questions. We're going to try something else. We're going to try to have a conversation. I'm nervous. Like we would usually have. Sometimes. And we'll start start with a prompt. John is in charge because I was going to do the thing where I asked you Google questions, but you made me put my computer away and I'm lost without a connection to the internet. No, you're not. We've had a bunch of conversations over the last week where you didn't have a screen. Didn't last an hour. They totally did. Wow. And they were great. They're so much better than screen conversations. Like the conversation you have with somebody when you're both kind of on TikTok, mm-hmm. it's just not a very good high quality conversation. No, definitely not. And so I'm asking you to have a high quality conversation with me about a deep prompt. Not like a small talky is John Green an author, but a deep prompt. And do you have one in mind? I do. Okay. Are you ready? Uh Uh-huh. Do you think that a hot dog... He's starting to smile, you guys. Is this a sandwich? You didn't have one in mind. Do you think a hot dog is a sandwich? You didn't have one in mind. Do you think that a hot dog is a taco? You know, John... I have. I hate those questions. So in my phone, I have a list of ideas for videos. Do you want to do one of those? Yeah, let's do one of those. Okay. I just want to have a normal conversation. That's okay. That's my goal. I think people. You know what I want to talk about first? Yeah. I want to talk about why you don't want to own eight percent of AFC Wimbledon. Well, I I've told you this because I will be more sad when they lose. And I'm already quite sad when they lose. And I don't like that I'm sad when a thing that I can't control happens, especially when it happens quite a lot. Did you know that when I was in high school, I stole a lemur from a zoo? Oh, my God. I know the bit. So that's what I want to talk about. People ask me about the bit every day. I'm interested in talking about the time that I stole a lemur from a zoo when I was in high school. Yeah. So... Yeah. Can we talk about how it happened? Yeah. That's, okay. Yeah, we want to start there. One fine morning uh-huh. in summer, uh-huh. 
someone posted a TikTok uh-huh. that said, we should start a rumor mm-hmm. that Hank Green stole a lemur from a zoo when he was in high school. Yeah. And lots of people watched the TikTok mm-hmm. and they thought, this is funny. Yeah. But the problem with these jokes is that there is no way out of them when you are the butt of the joke. There is no way to survive right. the joke. You gotta, but before we move to there, we have to tell the whole story of what happened. Okay. So then he made, he made the video where he was like, Hank Green, we should make a rumor about Hank Green stealing the lemur. Yeah. Which is a harm, harmless rumor. Like, right. Of I the could, rumors that I could have been started. Uh, yes. Of yeah. the rumors that could have been started about you is pretty harmless. Yeah. Also, I have to say, having known you in high school, it's not out of the realm of possibility. Yeah. I, I would have, I, I, I think you might have called it liberating a lemur rather yeah. than stealing Something a lemur. Something like that. Yeah. But I could see you trying to free a lemur from its Floridian prison. Maybe. Not really. I can't, no, actually. No. It's on but, the far But I can edge. see people's thinking what they know of me, yes. thinking that that is a thing that could happen. It Yes. On the edge Hank of Green it Hank Green seems happen. to like attention. Right. He seems to be interface with the world of science communication. The Krat brothers had a lemur. Right. So maybe they knew each other. <laughs> when he was in 1998. Maybe Hank Green stole the Kratz brothers. Yeah, the Boomafu. Uh, maybe I stole Zabafu. I'm sorry, yeah. I forgot the name of the lemur. <laughs> um, so I didn't steal Zabu. But then, so after he did that, he made another video where he created, and this yeah. is the reason it actually became a rumor. Right. He created a fake Orlando Sentinel news article that yeah. had a picture of me from high school. Right. And and then it had like a story about like like high school boys steals lemur. Right. And like I looked at that and I was like, well, I did. I didn't. I know that I didn't steal a lemur in high school. But like I could get how you would see that picture. The first time I saw that TikTok. Yeah. I, I my my initial response. And I think this says a lot about like the state of misinformation and fact checking and everything. Yeah. My initial response was, oh, my God. <laughs> I. <laughs> How did yeah. I not? I'm, I feel like I know every time the Orlando Sentinel mentioned Hank. And I also feel like this wouldn't have gone unnoticed in our family. Yeah, it would be a thing that we still talk about. <laughs> yeah. But it, it was compelling enough that mm-hmm. even as your brother, I was like, for, for, for a nanosecond, yeah. I had to do some lateral reading. And so I went over to, you know, like a... a, a did you lateral read? I lateral. I always lateral read. I didn't need to lateral read, well, of but it was you, my actual life. Exactly. So I went over to Google and I was like, did Hank Green steal a lemur? Yeah. Um, and I searched, I actually searched the Orlando Sentinel's archive wow. for Hank Green lemur and nothing came up. And I was like, I think it's fake. And that also makes sense. While I wasn't boarding school, I feel like the news might have trickled in. <laughs> yeah. So we, yeah. Yeah. So it makes a little bit of sense that you wouldn't know because we didn't live together at right. that point. Uh, so so then that that post went much more viral than the original post where he said, let's make a rumor about of course. Hank Green. But if you like went to his profile and swiped one video, you'd see the video where he admits that yeah, it's yeah, not yeah. real. No, you didn't have to do that much lateral reading, but you had to do a little bit. Yeah. But so like there was a combination of TikTok's algorithm doing its thing and people being on board with the joke, yeah. sharing the information. Yeah. But it did end up with people legitimately thinking, and maybe even some people now legitimately believing that I stole a lemur. Right. And I think that that's very interesting. And I think that it's, uh, I mean, I'm grateful that it's stealing a lemur, which is something that I wouldn't be super ashamed of having done when I was 18. Right. Like, it's certainly not something that I would be like, all 18-year-olds should steal lemurs. Right. 
But but there know. is this phenomenon where but there's some, no way out. There's no way out. Like where some moderately famous or very famous person mm-hmm. um, gets attached to a copy pasta, or gets attached to a rumor, or gets or actually does something that they shouldn't have done. Mm-hmm. Um, and it becomes this sort of like defining feature of their life, even though, it, you know, like we should see it in a broader context. Yeah. But the lemur thing in especially is interesting to me because there is something about it that captures the core of misinformation on the internet, which is that it has to be sticky. It has to be on the edge of believability. Mm-hmm. It has to be a little ludicrous yeah. Um, and it has to be vaguely conspiratorial. Like right, it has right, to be. Right. It has to be. This has, has been be hidden the, from be you all this time. Yeah, of course. It has to be spicy. Mm-hmm. Like I just deleted a TikTok, which, by the way, I really recommend. But one of the most uh, liked comments on the TikTok, the TikTok was about this. Uh, thing that happened in in Athens 2,400 years ago. But don't worry, that doesn't stop people (laughs) from applying it to today. Uh And the most, um, like, one of the most liked comments on this video was, how can you say that uh, anything has changed in terms of the militarization of nation states and empires when the United States spends the same percentage of its GDP. It was, it was a condensed version of this. <laughs> spends the same percentage of its GDP on, mili- on the military as France did in the 18th century. And I was like, that is shocking. Like, that is astonishing right. to me. Yeah, that, was a like, big, that was a big problem. That's all they did. That's the entire thing that the and, government and, spent money on. And I was like, wow, like, that's really surprising to me because, like, in a mercantilist era, yeah. um, which Europe was in at that time, like, it was thought that the only way you could get richer was basically by plunder. Yeah. And, and the only way for your state to become wealthy was to impoverish other states. And so I was like, wow, that's really shocking to me. And I, I am, they're right that my premise is totally wrong. Uh <laughs> If they're right. Yeah, well, which I assumed they were because mm. of the level of confidence, you know? <laughs> yeah. And, the, like, the fact that it was stated as, as such a fact. Mm-hmm. And then I, so I looked it up, and actually, the U.S. spends 3% of its GDP on the military. And 18th century France spent about 55% of its GDP on the military. Oh my God. So it's, 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 it's wrong. <laughs> like, that's, a, that's the reason it surprised does, me 50, so much. 55% does seem like a problem. That seems yeah. like too much. It, it, it was too much. By the way, 3.3% is also too much. Yeah. Uh, but, but 55% was definitely, definitely too much. Yeah. Right? So it'd be tricky to spend 55% of our GDP on the military. Well, you got to remember that healthcare spending was very low. Yeah. Um, so, so was all of the other so was, so, spending. Yeah. Uh, public education yeah, spending was extremely low. low. Food, yeah, yeah. Not food a lot of that exactly. going on. Just very little food in general. Yeah, yeah, yeah. During yeah. that period, yeah, that's a great did point. Cause some problems. Fifty-five percent military, forty-five percent really bad bread. Yeah, bread with wood in it. Uh, oh, there was so much. There was so much sawdust in eighteenth-century European bread. This this world that should have been stupidly rich Mm -hmm. from all of the places it had plundered uh, still had this, like, massive, shocking levels of wealth inequality. Yeah. Not not shocking, actually. I don't think that that's... They didn't didn't do it to make the peasants' lives better. Right. But the point is that that, that you stealing a lemur and France in the 18th century spending 3% of its GDP on the military have something in common, which is that they are 
very compelling fictions. Mm -hmm. They would sort of vaguely affirm and at the same time problematize something that I believe, but in in an extremely simple way. But also a surprising way. Right. It's it's like... Simple but surprising. It's surprising enough, in character enough, Mm -hmm. um, affirms something else Surprising but in character. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah, there's there's just... I mean, misinformation researchers talk a ton about the the different the, the tropes that we have set up in our minds and how different things can be both shocking but also unsurprising. Right, which it, is a, yes. like a, it's sort of a wild yes. thing, but that that's how right. all of all of these things work so well is when they right. really truly shock you, but then right. also somehow you're not surprised at all. And the really unfortunate thing, right, is that deep down. We all look for that stuff, right? Like when I'm on Twitter, I want that. I want that moment where I'm where I'm like, oh my god, mm-hmm. that's amazing, incredible, horrifying, terrible, outrageous, stunning, but it, also confirms my priors. Exactly, but but also allows me to say I've been trying to tell you. <laughs> <laughs> And, uh, and and then when it turns out to not be true, you're like, well, but it might as well be. Right. That's And I've, I've said had people say that to me while sitting in the room with me. I've thought it. Yeah. And so I, I absolutely understand people responding that way. Yeah. When it turns out that, you know, this nefarious conspiracy theory doesn't hold up to scrutiny, mm-hmm. but they would have if they could. Yeah. Or it would have been in character, or he might as well have done that. Yeah, or this other thing that did happen is quite similar. Right. Yes. To me. Hank it's Green. not exactly the same. That's right. Right. But it's quite similar. That's true. It's not as bad, but it's very similar. Yeah, like Hank Green maybe didn't steal a lemur in high school, but he was pretty goth. <laughs> I mean, only when romance necessitated such. The thing is, I was actually much more goth than Hank in high school. It's just that there's no pictures of it on the internet because uh, I'm. Well, I don't think that you like. Indulge in the aesthetic as much as I did. I wore a ton of eye makeup, but okay. I didn't take a ton of pictures oh, of I myself in eye makeup. I wore makeup. a lot of eye makeup on my lips because that was the only option oh. to get the black lipstick. I didn't oh. want, so I just put eyeliner on I my wore, lips. I wore, I wore black lipstick sometimes, but it was given to me by Barbara. Yeah. You probably didn't go to school with Barbara. No, it yeah. doesn't sound familiar. Yeah. It sounds like an old adult. No, no, she was a kid. She yep. was a kid. She was cool. I mean... Yeah. Real goth. They were all cool. Oh, she was so cool. They yeah. were, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I really, I, really wanted you to know, date her. Honestly, my goth phase is less embarrassing than my rush phase, which was also because of the mm, girl. Mm. She, I found out she was into rush, and I, I learned so many rush songs by oh, heart, and that, that's forever. I oh, did that yeah. to myself forever. Like, goth well, is just a picture on the right, internet. Right. Roll the bones. I, it's in my head now. Yeah. I could do the bad rap for you. There's so many... I won't. I don't even know. Is Rush a band? Yes. Great. I don't know anything about them. They were great, but they made some mistakes. Sure. Like the rest of us. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I think this is a productive line of conversation to transition away from misinformation on the internet, which we're opposed to and have absolutely no tools to solve except on an individual level. Mm-hmm. Like I do not have a social... Solution: The individual solution is lateral reading and quickly confirming that Hank Green did not steal a lemur and then responding to, like, the growth of the rumor by saying, "Um, I'm not sure that this is the most productive use of our shared consciousness. Yeah, I mean, at the same time, like, 
there's so much more to be more worried about that I I of almost course. I almost encourage people to not care that much about trying to confirm something until it's really in you and making you feel a lot of feelings that might right. like that's if it's starting that, to change you. I'm so good at fact checking things that definitely seem wrong to me right I'm great at that. Right. But I'm bad at fact-checking stuff that seems right to me. Everyone is, yeah. right? Because no, I mean, I'm, I'm putting that on you, myself yeah. in order to you know, make it relatable. Like yeah. We all do that thing. Yeah. Why would you stop to fact-check something that totally makes sense to you? Yeah. The moment you fact-check is the moment you're like, huh, that doesn't seem right. Yeah. But the things that means that all the things that do seem right that are incorrect mm-hmm. flow through you as facts. Yes. Yeah. And I've even fact-checked some of those things like out loud mm-hmm. and gotten a lot of criticism for it. Oh yeah. And I'm like, People, well, but don't we want to think that, think the, the true thing here. Right. Like I recently saw a tweet that said that Bitcoin consumed or, or produced more carbon dioxide than all natural gas electricity generation. Mm. And I was like, well, that's definitely wrong. Yeah. Like, like I'm not a Bitcoin fan, but right. I do know enough about how like carbon is produced right and also how bitcoin produces electric carbon which is by consuming electricity right to know that that's not that doesn't make any sense right um and indeed it, it was not a true fact uh, right but it had gotten a lot of and so like in my response where i fact check it yeah i had to be so like overtly anti-crypto right to yeah, be like yeah. i also just yeah. so everybody knows i hate crypto but if you get in a conversation and you say that bitcoin's worse for the environment than all natural gas production yeah, yeah, yeah combined yeah you're gonna look like a dope yeah and no one's ever gonna take you seriously <laughs> right again. yeah that's I, not gonna be good for us yeah i don't agree with henry kissinger and also <laughs> we spend less of our gdp on the military <laughs> than 18th century france did yeah. like i'm not in favor of our, of our current military spending but don't don't, don't put me in, don't, wrong. Put, don't put me in a situation where i've got to be on henry kissinger's side i don't i don't want to be there <laughs> You're that's, always, not fun. Yeah. that's not fun for me yeah yeah but You're yeah always it's, there. It, it is that is and i don't i don't know a societal way to handle it i only know individual ways and, to handle it and and i don't even know great individual ways to handle it's it it's hard for me to do and it's like a, a a muscle i try to flex all the time let's transition okay to our most embarrassing high school phases um cuz it couldn't have been rush no, no. I think that my most embarrassing high school moment was uh, when I ran out of gas in the Volvo. Yes. And I had all the makeup on. Yeah. And mom had to come get us. Yeah. And she was mad. And then she saw me, despite the fact that I tried to, like, eat all of the lipstick off my lips. Oh, yeah. Uh, and Well, that's she, why is that embarrassing, though? You're just wearing makeup. You're allowed to wear know. makeup. It was very embarrassing. I'm sure. Maybe it was at the time, but, like, current you shouldn't be embarrassed. If no, that. you're right. What, I'm not. Uh, like, and I, and I've run out of, of gas other times that were way more embarrassing because oh. I was a grown-up. Oh. I ran out of gas maybe three or four years ago, and I called Sarah from the side of the road, and I was like, something's wrong with the car. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and Sarah was like, what do you mean? And I was like, well, for a while, it, it was, won't go for a while. It was kind of like just making a weird noise. And right. Like I was pushing inter- it, it, it was like it was sort of sort going of intermittently, sort of, going. sort of intermittently That's what it feels working. Like. Yeah. And then, and then it just stopped working completely. So I guess I got to call AAA and she was like, is there gas in the car? And I was like, well, how do I know? <laughs> it's off. It's off. Maybe there was, maybe there wasn't. We'll never know now. 
<laughs> yeah, I, I ran out of gas in the tour van while we were on tour with The Perfect Strangers. Mm. Like, at an interchange. Yeah. Yeah, that's brutal. There wasn't a shoulder. That's brutal. We were stopped <laughs> in a gonna... lane. No cursing. No cursing. It was so bad. That that was way more embarrassing to me today yes, than anything that's I did what in I'm, high no, school. I'm talking about, I was a kid. I'm not talking about what you found mortifying in high school. I'm talking about when you look back at high school mm. or college you, what is mortifying now? I think that I... I uh, bet your answer is that I have no mortifications. No. Because I'm uh, a, I'm very pleased with myself. I've done great the whole time. <laughs> well, I, I've, I'm f- quite forgiving to that person. Yeah, I think who, that's good. Who ha- didn't have a ton of experience, in right? Um, but uh, but yeah, I think that I I I thought a lot of really simple things about what I should do with my life. Mm. That I'm that that me now is like Ugh. I had a lot of very straightforward. Easy solutions yes. for very complex problems. Yeah, and you were you were I big wrote, on. The, I wrote the speeches I would give when I was president. Oh wow, that's I mean that that's that's about that, as cringe that, as we're going to get here today. That's not as bad as the thing that we can't talk about, but it's <laughs> close to as bad as the thing we can't talk. Yeah, about. You brought it. You brought up embarrassing high school and college stuff, and yet I can't talk about the most embarrassing thing because you won't let me. It. It it must it must stay secret forever. It's, there are some things. You there, know what? There's like, like two levels to it too. Like there's yes, the level yes, where like we don't I have did, to get into and it, the, and then there's the, the more, other level. The more we get into it, the more it seems like we're like uh, teasing something that we will reveal in the future. And I want to be absolutely clear about something: we will not reveal this in the future. And I mean we because. It also reflects poorly on me, and I know that you don't worry no, about it like doesn't. I don't. I know it, it does in the sense that now I'm your closest collaborator professionally. <laughs> okay, I see. Uh, and <laughs> I, I don't want to be in a situation where somebody asks me the equivalent of "Did Hank Green ever steal a lemur in high school?" Except it's true, and I have to talk about it. I don't want. I just want to do that. I don't want to be in that. I just don't want to go there. My cringiest. I mean, I did definitely have that. Like, I thought we should go back to being hunter-gatherers, right? Like, I read, yeah. like, a lot of, like, Kurt Vonnegut, and I was like, mm-hmm. foraging was the right path for humans, and agriculture was a massive mistake, and mm-hmm. we should go back. And now, these days, I'm aware of the fact that um, that's a pretty bold statement for me to make as somebody who would have definitely died before the age of five. <laughs> so, <laughs> who who am I to say that I would have enjoyed that life better when I wouldn't have enjoyed it at all? Yeah. But, well, alternatively, watching all of your children die, the majority of your children die before they hit five. Yeah. Those are, those, those are the two choices. Either you don't make it right. to having children, right. or you watch the majority of your children die. Yes, but in, in the case of my particular uh, incredibly strong genetics... Um, right, you don't think you're probably going to make it. No, I mean, my, our, frankly, our whole bloodline would never have made it to anywhere near me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah the, the, the not being able to see is a problem. Yeah, well, there's, there was a lot of other stuff as well. Like, yeah. But the thing that I find cringiest when I look back, I guess, like, more, like, late high school, early college is, like, the uh, the way I hated stuff yeah. more than the way I liked stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't look back and say, like, oh, my God, I loved Rush so much. It was embarrassing. Right. I look back and I say, oh, my God, I hated something 
that was fine <laughs> or, 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 or that was like not fine, but not right. I didn't need to define myself in opposition to it. Right. I didn't need to be like, you know what sucks? Sweet Valley high. Right. Yeah. There was, there was a, and I've, I continue to hear this, but there is a, the thing that people said when I was in high school, it was like, what kind of music do you like? Yeah. People would say everything but rap and country. Right. Which to me is the the worst. It's a bad answer. That's a bad answer. Like, that says way more about you than you think it and, does. And it says way more about you than it says about rap or country, yeah. which are both extremely diverse musical genres. Yeah. Like, you can't, hating, to me, saying you don't like rap, and I know that I'm a little biased on this topic, by the way. You know how uh, this is, uh, this is coming back around, but I just want to tell you this brief anecdote. So I, <laughs> I like ten years ago had a YouTube account mm-hmm. that where I had all my music mm-hmm. because I am the last user of YouTube Music. <laughs> it comes free with YouTube Premium. Yeah. It's Spotify, but not as not quite as good. But it is not, free. Not quite as good. Well, I don't so know much worse. I don't know how good Spotify is yeah. because I've never had it. Yeah. Okay. And I will thank you not to judge me. I'm not listening to music on compact disc. I'm just mm. using YouTube music. So I had this YouTube music account. And at some point, somehow the accounts merged with Crash Course. Yeah. So now, I all my music is 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 in unlisted playlists at youtube.com slash Crash Course. Yeah. And a couple weeks ago, somebody... The, it's, it's like weird music. John likes weird music. I, I like really good music, but it's definitely yeah. not the music you would think that I would like. Like, based on... <laughs> the, uh, let's say this. If all of my playlists leaked, it, 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 there would be a level of, like, I can't believe Hank Green stole a lemur from a zoo, <laughs> right? Like, I listen to music that's different from yeah. the music that, like... Yeah, would, I actually saw that because it turned out my Spotify playlists were public. Right. And there was a little moment of people being like, why does Hank Green have this on his playlist. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I was like, that's that's super private for me. I know yeah. people like there's Spotify influencers or whatever, but for me it's very private. Anyway, I somehow made one of them public. <laughs> the crash course channel. And somebody somebody like on the crash course subreddit was like, hey, uh has anybody else noticed? <laughs> Anybody else noticed um, that, like, Crash Course listens to, like, a pretty shocking amount of, like, Black Thought and Snow the Product and, uh, like, <laughs> Polish hip-hop music from the 1990s? And uh, this is this is some pretty weird stuff. Like, who, uh, are, they, are they doing a Crash Course on, like, um, <laughs> yeah, the, the history the, of the, European hip-hop? The, the global, uh, <laughs> the global hip-hop scene in 1997? Like, what's, <laughs> what's going on here? Um, so yeah, but anyway, I, I look, it's, it's true for music, but for me, it was mostly true for books, right? Because when I was a teenager, right, like sure. I defined myself so much as like a literary mm-hmm. person, even though I failed English. So like, I wasn't like... But that was also part of my identity, which I look back and find extremely cringy, mm-hmm. that I define myself as like somebody who didn't live up to their potential mm-hmm. as the smartest D student you're ever going to meet kind of thing. And that this was like, that's what made me cool in my mind. Mm-hmm. But of course, it didn't. And it it was destructive and it could have been catastrophic if I hadn't had incredibly supportive teachers. 
But like the books that I hated were many of them were were pretty good actually. Yeah. Like Gatsby. Mm-hmm. I hated Gatsby. I wrote this like paper in high school that was all about how Gatsby is irrelevant because it's about the problems of rich people, which is just fundamentally so deeply profoundly (laughs) intensely wrong you know it's like it's like you it's like it's like when you go into a book and you've sort of already decided yeah well and that's that that's what i i didn't go into music and you've sort of already i didn't have that as much with media but i did have it with people because mm. my school had so many different like kinds of people, and like the like had I groups. resented the popular kids so yes. much, yes, that I hated them. And oh yeah, until I got to boarding school, like I thought jocks, like by which I mean people who played sports right. for their high school team, yeah, were fundamentally different. <laughs> period kinds of people, like yeah, like, yeah they, like, they, were different... they were they were people. Why would I ever speak to them? Yeah. And why, indeed, would they ever speak to me? Mm-hmm. And they also seem to feel the same way, to right. be fair. Yep. Like, yeah. there was a sort of universal agreement. And maybe that's because when you're at a big public school, there's, like, too many people. And <laughs> yeah, so, so like, you've got You can't a, even have an interaction. You can't even have, like, right. like status hierarchy between them. Yeah. It's just, like, maybe you just different. Have to, yeah, maybe you just have Separate to, like, just say, like, I, I don't know anything about you. Yeah. And I can't bother to learn. And right. so I choose... To have this stereotype of exactly. you as a jock. Yeah. yeah. And it's helpful to me because then I don't have to engage with you on a human level. Mm-hmm. But then when I went to boarding school and all the, it, like, you know, there's 52 kids in my class. So, like, <laughs> most of them were athletes of some kind. Right. I myself was on the ultimate Frisbee team. And so, <laughs> so then I was like, oh, it turns out that, like, people are people. And yeah. sometimes they're cool and sometimes they're less cool. And, and sometimes they throw balls good. <laughs> right. And... <laughs> And throwing a ball really, really well yeah. doesn't much impact your quality of personhood either way. Yeah. It's not really a big yeah. plus or a big minus. Yeah, it, it, it might mean some things. Yeah, you yeah, like no. maybe work hard. Like you have a you have a work ethic. You wake up early, right? <laughs> you're that's early. My, you're an earlier riser than that's, me. That's my main yeah. my main conclusion. We might about, not see each other as much because yeah. you have to go to bed before two. I I remember in college, Kenyon College had one of the uh, best Division three swimming teams in the country. It was the only sport that we were good at, and we won like twenty five consecutive Division three national titles or whatever. Yeah, and I remember. Uh, like the fundamental difference between me and the swimmers was not intellectual or emotional or anything like that. It was that since they were five years old, they'd woken up at five thirty in the morning and chosen to get into a pool, which meant that they had like a level of like discipline and work yeah. ethic that was not even imaginable to me. <laughs> I can't is, even wake up at yeah. five thirty once, yeah, let alone every thing, morning. The only thing that has ever gotten me up at five thirty is two, yeah, flights, yeah, and a child. Yeah, I guess for me there is a third, but it's it's true raw panic, <laughs> right? Like, <laughs> yeah. like, yeah, okay. Which is what, what flights and children inspire right. so often. If, if I wake up and I'm really like, if I go to bed really, really anxious, sometimes I'll mm. wake up at five thirty in the morning. Yes, um, at this point, yes. But man, in college, I was not going to get up at five thirty. It was a struggle to get to a nine o'clock class. I would love to get to the point in my life where I feel like I can sleep in again. Yeah. That's not really a child thing for me right now, though that's part of it. Yeah. But even when I'm, like, traveling... It's a work thing, a life thing. I I just, like, 
I'm too anxious yeah. to sleep in. Right. Which is not my vibe. No. But apparently it is. Because no. Because it is how just, I'm, it is the life I'm living. Well, we all contain multitudes, Hank. <laughs> and just as your vibe, your like public persona is as a, a sane person, which is <laughs> very rare. And, and so it's, it's, it's extremely countercultural. <laughs> <laughs> Um, you, you also, you know, you have anxiety and like, like get overwhelmed and like life, life can be extremely stressful, even if you don't have an anxiety disorder, it can induce tremendous amounts of anxiety. And similarly, I like really good music and people would think that I probably only like the mountain goats, although I do love the mountain goats. And, you have a shirt that says that. And <laughs> and only listen to, like, I don't know, like, uh, uh, Iron and Wine or whatever. But I don't know what that is, but that's fine. But I like all kinds of good music. Yeah. 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 And you accidentally leaked it, which is adorable. <laughs> which reminds me, this podcast brought to you by the Accidental Leak Crash Course Playlist, the biggest scandal of 2022. <laughs> It's got some big contenders, but it definitely wins out. Uh, today's podcast is also, of course, brought to you by the lemur uh, from Z- the Krat Brothers. Zaboomafu. Zaboomafu. <laughs> the Krat Brothers lemur. Hope yeah. those guys are doing all right. They just followed me on TikTok. Wow. Yeah. I feel like they look and have vibes similar to us. I would love to hang out with the Krat Brothers. I'd be fascinated to know where if their lives are gone. If you are a Krat Brother, <laughs> hit me up on TikTok. And this podcast is also brought to you by the big old rush hit, Roll the Bones. Are they like a rock band? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's one genre. That's actually, I like all kinds of music except for rock. (laughs) (laughs) Carve that out. Everything, everything from the Beach Boys to Bowie. It's out. That's right. No, Dylan, no, not interested. (laughs) Coldplay also. Yeah. Still, is rock still happening? It kind of seems like it is. I think The weekend, yeah, kind of makes rock music. If it's got a snare drum, it's rock. I like The weekend That's a lot. Not. Do you listen to The weekend at all? No. Okay. <laughs> it, it seemed from the way you answered it that you aren't sure who The weekend is. I can picture him <laughs> walking through a maze of the Super Bowl. <laughs> That was your. That was the first time you'd ever seen the weekend or heard or heard any of the songs. I know the music. <laughs> I I listen to music weirdly. Yeah, uh, which is that I love a song, right? And then I love another song, right? And that will happen. I will love over the course of a year, maybe six songs. Really? Oh wow! And I will love them very much and very deeply. Yeah, yeah. So that's why you were able to play as it was so well at our show without <laughs> without much practice. Year, yeah. That's a good song. It's got it's got an incredible hook. It's so simple, but but the but it's still not. Yeah, yeah the like the, pr- of... the production makes it not simple in a really interesting way. Yeah, it's a really it's a cool song. Yeah. Also, also today's podcast is brought to you by John's paper about the Great Gatsby. John's paper about the Great Gatsby. <laughs> High quality literary analysis. Still ashamed. <laughs> 
We also have a project for awesome message. This is from Alex to the 2011-2015 Grand Valley State University Nerd Fighters. Wow. Oh, that was a while ago. Greetings, former GVSU Nerd Fighters. While it's been many years since we had a meeting, I still miss you all. You all helped create an open and accepting environment at our club that made every good week better and every bad week more bearable. Your support and kindness made me more confident and helped shape the kind of person I am now. Thank you for everything. Your former president, Alex. That's, That's very really sweet. Cool. That is we don't so ever, cool. Uh, we, we have absolutely no control over whether there are... Uh, College, college fighter clubs. Yeah. And it, uh, so, and thus it always kind of surprises me that they exist out there. And it's a lovely thing. Yeah. What, co- what college clubs were you part of? Any? You know, probably. I was in a sketch comedy group. Yeah. And we wrote with Ransom Riggs. Yep. Now the author of Miss Peregrine's Home for Peculiar Children and also many of my other friends from college. And we had a great time. Yeah. I, I watched one of your shows once. It was like you, somebody filmed it somehow. Yeah. Yeah. And it had so, a lot of uh, some jokes that I that were a little off color. Well, we, we were family-friendly comedy, actually. We didn't oh. curse. So listen, your toilet is massively gross, like it's grosser than you think. In fact, bacteria and viruses can hang around in the toilet bowl even after multiple flushes. And I recently found the easiest way to clean my toilet, Blue Land's Sustainable Toilet Cleaner Tablets. Just drop, watch it fizz, brush, and flush. It is truly that simple. No more scrubbing for hours. Plus, the tablets are plastic-free. Blue Land is on a mission to eliminate single-use plastic by reinventing cleaning essentials to be better for you and for the planet with the same powerful clean that you're used to. Blue Land products are effective and affordable, and their toilet tablets are proven to work on a wide range of toilet stains, including rust, mineral deposits, lime scale, and hard water. And you can even get more savings by buying refills in bulk or setting up a subscription. Blue Land has a special offer for our listeners. Right now, you can get 15% off your first order by going to blueland.com slash dearhank. You won't want to miss this blueland.com slash dearhank for 15% off. That's blueland.com slash dearhank to get 15% off. This episode of Dear Hank and John is brought to you by ZocDoc. Look, there are, I think it's fair to say, some imperfections in the American healthcare system, but there are ways that it actually has recently gotten easier. I don't compromise on a lot of things, but I do not love feeling like I can't find the right doctor for me. And I've gotten very lucky that I have found some good doctors for me. When it comes to your health, there shouldn't be compromise. Don't go back to that one doctor who uses your appointment to catch up on the latest headlines slash their family group chat slash their crossword puzzles just because they're available right now or they happen to take your insurance. Instead, like you don't have to keep going back to a doctor who you don't like. You can check out ZocDoc, a place where you can find and book doctors who make you feel comfortable, who listen to you, who prioritize your health. And you can search by location, availability, and insurance type. So literally, no compromises. Because with ZocDoc, you've got more options than you think. ZocDoc is a free app and website where you can search and compare highly rated in-network doctors near you and instantly book appointments with them online. Once you find the doc you want, you can book them immediately. No more phone calls and waiting on hold with a receptionist. We don't have time for this anymore. And these doctors all have verified reviews from actual, real patients. 
booking appointments with tens of thousands of top-rated, patient-reviewed, credible doctors and specialists. The typical wait time to see a doctor booked on ZocDoc is between 24 and 72 hours. That's it. You can even sometimes score same-day appointments. Go to ZocDoc.com slash DearHank and download the ZocDoc app for free. Then you can book a top-rated doctor today. That's Z-O-C-D-O-C dot com slash DearHank. ZocDoc.com slash DearHank. Every time I know it's coming, and I'm like, I'm going to have to say ZocDoc.com right now, aren't I? And then I do. I'm getting good at it, everybody. ZocDoc.com. I really enjoyed being in the sketch comedy group, made a lot of friends. I wasn't in a ton of... This is going to surprise you, Hank. I'm not much of a joiner. Yeah, I did um, college radio. Oh, that's cool. So we had a... Catherine and I actually had a radio show. Oh, was it like an advice show? No, no, no. We just played songs that we liked. Okay. And one talked of, between you, them. You played the six songs that you liked at that <laughs> it moment? Was, it, was a, it was actually a problem because like, go, like <laughs> week number eight, it was like, so would you like to hear these same 20 <laughs> songs again? Which, I mean, is a lot of how radio works. Yeah. Uh, right. I mean, there's a number of stations in Indianapolis where that is the driving identity of the station is there's 20 songs and we're yeah. going to play them in order. Other than that, we played a lot of Tetris. Yeah. So we might have been in a Tetris club if it had existed. Right. But we played a lot of Tetris. Yeah. But you know your Smash te- Brothers. Do you know what your NES Tetris high score is? We played uh, the the N64 golden silver block Tetris oh, where you yeah. could build blocks and yeah, get yeah, extra yeah. points. Yeah. Uh, so no, but yeah. we were quite good at it. Yeah. I was not good at Smash Brothers, but I thought I was because back then you didn't know how good everybody else was. Right. You just knew how good your friends were. Right. And you're just mashing buttons most of the yeah. time anyway. Yeah. I, when I, yeah, I wasn't, yeah, I wasn't in, I, I'm not in a lot of clubs now and I wasn't in a lot of clubs then. I did play a lot of this video game called Ken Griffey Baseball. Oh, wow. Where over time my friend Scott and I built the Mostly, we didn't actually play the game. We just engaged in trades against the computer's artificial intelligence mm. that over time you could get like a fractional right. improvement. Yeah, you're like trading paper clips for cars. Yeah, but, exactly. but, but against an AI that is really dumb. Right. So eventually you have every good baseball player on your baseball team and you <laughs> yeah. can just like win like 150 to nothing every it's game. It's amazing. Like they build the system yeah. where you feel validated through your actions. Yes. I had the same situation with a game called Sim Farm, yes. where you had a farm. Yeah. And then you could sell your crops, but you could also sell futures. And right. so I'd watch the futures market, and there would all always, every year, be a day, and it was a random day, when the price just doubled for no reason. Yeah. And I get all, and I get all, like sell my strawberries futures on that day and feel like a genius, yeah. even though it happens every year, once a year. Right. And then... I could get so many more sheep or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And then I would always think like, wow, we really cracked this game. But of right. course, that's exactly how they designed it. Yeah, and they're they like, designed ah, it you to continue break. to right. play. So, yeah, they're like, let me get this straight. So you played 500,000 hours <laughs> and of you Ken Griffey Jr. Us? Baseball. <laughs> <laughs> who, who won? Yeah. <laughs> you, you tell me. Yeah. yeah, it's true. You won 72 consecutive World Series, and I'm proud of you. But we got $59. Yeah. <laughs> you seem to like it. I also oh. did. We played like StarCraft and Alice oh, yeah. Atari and okay. Civilization. You played each like other. hardcore games. Those were, those were like back the, then. Yeah, those were the intellectual games of that era. I, I was so playing much. like I. I still love to play Civilization. Uh, it's a great game. I, I can't because it's like 
Mm-hmm. Uh, you you sit me out in front of Civ Five. Yeah. And eighteen hours will pass. Really? Like I do, no longer require sleep. I've been playing Fall Guys with Hank, and it is really interesting to see Hank go into the mode of. <laughs> Uh, I'm playing this video game now, and he will play Fall Guys until you take the controller away from him. <laughs> and then I will want it back so bad. Yeah, yeah. When you were playing Fall Guys and I was watching you, I was like, I, like... Oh, you like, were very patient. I was, like, sitting on my hands. Oh, you did a great job. Thanks. I wouldn't you have, had I would no never idea. have known. Oh, my God. Yeah. Uh, when you were trying known. to jump through those rings, I was <laughs> like, oh, I could kill at this. <laughs> there was one moment where I wanted to grab the controller from you. Yeah, I was yeah. like, I, I know wa- what to do. I know what to do. <laughs> <laughs> but of course I didn't, which is why neither of us have ever won Fall Guys. Uh, I got second twice today. I know. It was tough. It was so close. You were so close. It's heartbreaking. But you know what? I was going to say there's always tomorrow, but in fact you're going home, so uh-huh. there isn't tomorrow. No. But this is going to blow your mind. Fall Guys is available on all devices. <laughs> you can, you can put it on your iPad. I really can't. Yeah, you can't. Because <laughs> right. I, know, I know where that leads. Yeah, you got to do work. But I might. Um, I might stop writing this book and just, <laughs> just become a Fall Guys streamer. Yeah, and then maybe like when I finish it, like when I'm seventy, you know, and, right? And people will be like, "Why did it take you fifty years between books?" And I'll be like, "Well, fifty years that imagines that I'm twenty. Why did it take you thirty years? Twenty-five. Twenty. Why was it sixteen years between books?" And I'll be like, "Ah, uh, oh, just this book. It really." Really took it out of me. I had to pour my whole self into it, like Joyce writing Finnegan's Wake, mm-hmm. and then I'll know the truth, which is that I just played a I'm lot so of Fall good Guys. guys. I'm not one of the best so Fall Guys players guys. in the world. <laughs> the irony is that if I played Fall Guys for ten thousand hours, I would still be pretty bad because that's just who I am. Yeah, I, I uh, I'm a lot better than the current class of people we're playing against. Yeah, because Fall Guys, the characters, the, the sort of were quite new. Yeah, uh, but I'm sure. There's a whole nother there's level, a, of, there's fall a level of fall we, guys. We haven't even glimpsed where yet. I fall, and oh. that's uh, yeah. Where I'm la- where I don't make it past the first round every single time. That's right. And I don't want to know about that level. No, I, I don't never want to face with that level. I don't really want to be that good at anything. I don't want to be. I don't want to be with the like right. top of the top of the top. It's too hard. It's so. I stressful. love being one of the like top ten percent of people who can play guitar because. Mm. Um, let me correct you. Not if top you 10% of guitar players. N- no. Let me correct you again. Okay. You're the top 10% among all Americans at playing guitar. Yes. You're not the top 10% of people who play guitar. No. Yes. No, so, bottom 50%. But of, sure. But of all the Americans, mm-hmm. 85% can't play the guitar. Yes. 5% are worse than you. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. I think and that's the way you. to be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I totally agree. I don't. I don't want to dilettante. Yes, it's just yes. another word for Renaissance man. I want to be. <laughs> I want to be medium good at a lot of things, and also when I get medium good at something, I tend to get pretty bored with it, and I tend to think like, well, is there is something a- else that I could get medium good at? Yeah, because I. I once you get to that place, mm-hmm. you realize how hard it will be to be one of the best in the world. Yeah. Yeah. Being one of the best in the world is way before it gets fun. And I think that you should do something until it's fun. But I, and then you can like always have that fun thing there. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it, like juggling. I'd love to but, be able to but, play harmonica. Like but some fun. people, some people, some people really get a lot of joy and pleasure and meaning 
from that from going getting from being better. able to juggle three things to being able to juggle seventeen or getting better. You always yeah. see the next challenge on the horizon. And yeah, and it's it. always thrilling. Yeah, and I think that's great. Yeah. I I am very grateful for people who go deep, mm. and I benefit from their expertise every day. Yeah, it's just really hard for me personally <laughs> to go deep. Like I I re- like I remember that mo and there's almost like something unpleasant about it to me because I remember the moment when. You know, all, all these all these people were telling me, you know, like you have the the best selling book in the world, and 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 you need to be uh, making making movies, and you need to be like, why aren't you writing another novel? And I would be like, I'm not writing another novel because like this is very stressful. Mm-hmm. Like this is not this is not desirable. Like I'm fascinated by people like Tom Cruise because. Tom Cruise became the most famous movie star in the world and then continued to want that. <laughs> Which I don't understand. I, I, I understand right, almost everything. But now, now don't you know how bad it is? Exactly. <laughs> it's John, John Cougar Mellencamp, the great Indianapolis songsmith. I do like rock music. <laughs> At least that one. I listened to John Cougar Mellencamp's new album and I was like, this is good i like i appreciate this i I, i'm not gonna put it on my crash course playlist but i I like it it's good um he said uh he still lives in indiana he lives on a you know like a farm and Mm -hmm. uh seems like has pretty normal life except that he's john cougar mellencamp and he said in an interview i've been all the way up to the top of the mountain and there ain't nothing up there worth having (laughs) and i that's kind of how i feel like up there, there's very little oxygen in the air. Yeah. It's pretty stressful. Yeah. And like, yes, you made it to the top of the mountain, but like, I'm not sure there's anything up there worth having. I did a college event in, in Ohio last week, and one of the students asked, "What? Uh, how do I define success? Mm. Which is great a question. Great, great question. And and I said, I, I you know, you, you never believe it until you get there, and I hope you all get there. But when you get there, you find out that success doesn't exist. And one and a person in the crowd who I think was either faculty or staff, like literally like pumped his fist at me, <laughs> uh, which made me very happy because, yeah. of course, he 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 uh, maybe has had more life experience than the, the kids in the audience. Yeah. But to him, that really rang true. And I think that that and I got a little bit of a whoop. Um, but I think I I, 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 yeah. I think you're right that I w- would never have felt that or maybe it would have been much harder for me to feel that way. there is something that you're seeing when you're with so like mostly i experience success my own success through the eyes of other people yeah like they and what that means is this isn't what we think success is what you're experiencing is like status societal status yeah yeah, yeah. and that does exist very that much exists exist. very much and also like there's something like making your mom proud like yeah you know like pleasing the people who you want to please because you mm-hmm. want to please them yeah having people you respect respect you right yeah. that's all very valuable and of course like money is very valuable yes um but the but but the the need to like hold on to it there's no thing there there's not a thing thing you can put on the shelf it's that great emily dickinson poem and the fact that emily dickinson wrote this without ever having (laughs) a modicum of success in her own life is like speaks i think to her extraordinary ability to understand the human condition from a variety of perspectives success is counted sweetest by those who ne'er succeed Mm-hmm. Like it is yeah. most valued in the wanting of it. Yeah, of course. Yeah. 
like a lot of things. Yeah, what is it? Com- comparison is the thief of joy. Yeah, that's usually true. That's Emily Dickinson, too. It's actually Demily Ickinson said that one. <laughs> She's a really good poet. Good old Demily. I got to make sure she actually said that. She did. <laughs> Behind the curtain, John constantly Googles the quotes he quotes. I do. Because you I don't want to. Sure. I'm not trying yeah. to. I'm not trying to uh, mm-hmm. spread misinformation to go back to the beginning of the podcast. Yeah, Rebecca Thomas once once wrote, Hank Green 16 is believed to have hidden the zoo, in the zoo since it's closing with the intention of sneaking out the following morning. It's a good, that's a good line. <laughs> the Rebecca that's, Thomas line. That, that's a really, that, I, again, it's a great fake. Yeah, the reason I knew it was fake... Uh, <laughs> Mostly because you remember, stole a lemur you remember not stealing a lemur. Yeah, I don't know why nobody else could figure that out. But... Let me submit that as good as that Rebecca Thomas Orlando Sentinel article is, how good is a deep fake going to be when Hank Green in a Hank Green TikTok says, I stole a lemur from the zoo when I was 16 and here's the story time. Yeah. Well, I mean, we've we've already been there a bit. Yeah, but we're not like we're going to go there. Yeah. Thanks for coming to our party. Um, <laughs> there is a little bit of news from AFC Wimbledon. We won a football game, which was very exciting while Hank and I were away. Oh, did you? Not that, to, that no, game? No, not oh. today. Oh. Uh, thanks for asking, Hank. No, today we got we got pummeled. Oh. Um, but we did win. And, and after we got pummeled today, uh, very generously, the coach of the opposing team said, and I'm quoting him directly here, they're a good young side. I think they'll be fine. That's our goal. We just want to be fine this season. We just want to be a fine, good young we just, side. We just want to be f- good enough. We are 17th in the uh, table at the moment, which is not great. Uh, we are only four points above the relegation zone. But we did we did win a football game, and we came from behind to win it, which made me really happy. Mm-hmm. We were down 1-0 to Colchester United, who uh, are very bad this season. And furthermore, the goal that we were down 1-0 to was scored by former AFC Wimbledon player Kwesi Apaya. Ah. And then um, and then we came back and Josh Davidson, uh, our uh, our new 22-year-old striker with a ponytail, scored two goals and we won 2-1. And that is why we are in 17th and not like 20th. All right. Yep. Well, good. Um, just don't get relegated. That's the job for this season. In news from Mars, I've... Don't have anything. I think that they also are rooting for AFC Wimbledon up there. I especially perseverance. Yeah, because that is the fundamental thing that AFC Wimbledon fans must have. <laughs> I was thinking. I, I tweeted about this, but I've been thinking about how we often fly past the good moments in our lives and often uh, kind of dwell upon the negative ones. That's a survival technique. It makes a lot of sense. Sure. Evolutionarily, whatever. But like being a Wimbledon fan has taught me that we're going to win less than we lose. We're going to lose more than we win. (laughs) And so we had better enjoy the wins Mm. because otherwise every Saturday I'm going to feel terrible Except for the Saturdays when I feel nothing. <laughs> and I don't want to live that life. Yeah. I want to live a life where I feel joy on the rare Saturdays when we win. And on the Saturdays where we lose, I say, well, guess we'll try again next week. Right. And only feel a little sad. So feel 
take them, take some time with the good times, write them down and put them in a jar. Ooh, that's a good idea. Put them on your shelf. I like that idea. It's a good one. And then open them up it's when a, you it's need them. It's a good them. thing to have. I've never done that. Yeah. That's a great idea. Yeah. Hank saved the actual advice for the very end of the podcast. Yeah. So thank you, Hank, if for making... If you stuck around. <laughs> thanks for making the pod with me, Hank. Uh, thanks to everybody for listening, and we'll be back next week answering your questions. We just wanted to try something a little different this yeah. week. This podcast may or may not have been edited by Joseph Tunamedish. I hope he put in at least a couple bleeps. <laughs> <laughs> and etc. I don't have all my notes together today. Thanks, everybody. Thanks. Thanks.